Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a one trillion dollar tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk/greattalent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Yuffie X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's e-u-f-y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only seven hundred ninety-nine dollars. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here on Patreon, ad-free or on the main feed where you have to deal with a couple of ads. My name is Kenny McIntosh, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you doing today? Kenny, I'm doing all right. We started today in Lancaster with snow. We've now got rain. Right. When you're listening to Finn and Kenny, it's all sunshine. There you go. I can even see the sun through the clouds here. I I can just about see it. So... You know, it's it's not all doom and gloom. Um, no, forget the doom loop. We don't bring you that unless we're talking about the young books. Well, well you even, make... even then we try and make light of it. We do. Well, I mean, you know, since you you know you brought the young books, let's just dive in. I did want to ask you. I've not seen it, but well, I've seen like a thirty second clip of it. But there was a lot of wrestling, and over you know over the weekend there was SmackDown, and then there was. Uh, you know the TNA pay per view, hard to kill. There was the Battle at the Valley, New Japan show, loads of stuff going on. But at the New Japan Strong Battle of the of the Valley show, Jack Perry turned up with a bushy beard, and he ripped up his AEW contract. And he looked into the camera and said, "Are you too busy on Twitter to take my phone calls?" Which we assume is to Tony Khan. So. I guess my question is going to be: I know Wait, that you're. Hold on, Kenny. It might have been to you. It might be angling for a tour. You can get fucked. <laughs> it's... What, am I... what was he going to say? Any use? Wait, tell, tell me when your your love affair with the Young Bucks first started. Um, <laughs> you know, oh god. Um, I know that you said months ago, and I can echo what you said that you know, if CM Punk was fired, he should have probably been fired because he was. The catalyst to all this situation, and I, I don't think you can really excuse the fact. I've seen, I've seen some people excuse you. Well, he's younger and whatever. You know, he, he's an adult, so you know, adult behavior should have adult consequences. But if they were keeping him, AEW, yes. do you think this thing of kind of having him appear in New Japan and rip up the contract and do something like, is that a better way to reintroduce him than to just have him turn up on Dynamite where he might get a a bad reaction? Um, I mean, it depends where it goes. I mean, if this is the start of something interesting, I mean, I, I'm not really holding much hope out on that one, but, you know, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. If this is the start of an interesting storyline, then absolutely this would be better than what most assumed he was going to do, which was return to Dynamite or Collision and save, you know, Luchasaurus from Christian Cage, which seemed to be the you know, most likely outcome of all this or the most likely direction of all this. So, I mean, it depends what happens next, doesn't it? He did. Lots of people were talking about it. We're talking about it now. So, um, yeah, let's give it a chance. Let's give it a chance to develop. And uh, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, no one really believes 
that that was his real contract and he really has torn it up and, you know, he, he basically symbolically quitting AEW, isn't it? If you tear your contract up, right? That yes. was the message he was sending. But it's yeah. like, well, we know he hasn't quit AEW. Um, you know, we there's no way any of us could be that fortunate. There's <laughs> no way AEW could be that lucky. Um, so let's just see where it goes, Kenny. What what do you make of it all? I think that the, the the compliment I'll give it is that I was dreading him turning back up because I thought he was going to irritate me. But I think the, the, the couple of things that have made that more bearable are CM Punk showed back showed up in WWE, and that's interesting. So there's no longer this kind of anger about, you know, well, you know, CM Punk's not getting to do his thing and Jack Perry is. So that's helped in one regard. But the other one is, like, you know, he's turned up in New Japan. It's something different. So if this does morph into something different, then good. He should 100% be a heel, though, because he is a heel. He is very unlikable. Uh, for various, you know, for various reasons, there was the famous... Well, no, it's not famous. It's famous to us because we covered it. But, you know, you covered that thing in the mag about when he did the for the Love <laughs> Wrestling convention. Yeah. And he was asked about wrestling CM Punk, and this is when Punk can't return yet or anything. And you, you made the point that, you know, if you're a pro, you, you sort of work the answer so that you could set something up for the future, right? Yeah. And he chose not to do that. He chose to, you know, be be a young bucks arse licker, really. Um, and that's what he's kind of <laughs> been over. So if that's what he's going to be, then just... Go all in on it. I yeah, see. exactly. Join the team Young Bucks. You know, yeah. appear at ringside, help them win the tag team belts so they can defend them against Sting and Darby Allen. If indeed that is the, you know, plan for revolution on March 3rd, it is, isn't it? March 3rd. Yes, March 3rd. So, I mean, you're participating in this, you know, stoke the heats, you know, be a villain, be obnoxious. We all know you are. <laughs> so that's the real you. So just, you know, incorporate it into your character and, you know, do some good with this or some good for AEW's business, if that's possible. I mean, who knows? We'll see, Kenny. Let's just... Right. And, and by, the time we, by the time we record on Thursday, the Young Bucks are going to turn up on Dynamite tomorrow. And I'm hoping, because, you know, when you cover wrestling, you kind of have to go in with some hope. Otherwise... You know, it's like why would you watch why would we have continued to watch WWE in the dark days of 2018, 2019, unless we had hope that Well, one... exactly. I mean, the longer you've been following this company, you know, the more resilience you have. You need resilience to be yes. a wrestling fan, Kenny, don't you? Yeah, hundred percent. You need to you need to, you know, have hope through the dark days that the brightness will come. So, you know, if the young bucks go go out tomorrow night on dynamite and they do something or say something that you know, kickstarts this Sting and Derby match at Revolution. Great. You know, we we would be not we would be happy to come on this podcast and go, that was good. But like, we would be happy to do it. It's not that we want it to be bad. It's just that more often than usually, not, it is bad. It usually is. Yeah. It's not our fault. You know, don't don't come at us for it. We <laughs> I, I want hey, don't, do not shoot the messenger. Yeah, don't shoot the messenger. Jake Finn wanted to sit for 10 years talking about shite John Cena was. No, you want John Cena to put people over so Finn could say "great job." But you know, <laughs> you you eventually did it. Uh, summer yeah. SummerSlam twenty twenty one, Money in the Bank twenty twenty one. Absolutely, when he put Roman Reigns over at SummerSlam, I was yeah. like, "Well done, John Cena." Yeah. So, um, anyway, I mean, I broke, I mean, I broke a couple of keyboards writing those words. <laughs> I've got to say. <laughs> Go down to you know PC. Well, PC world doesn't exist anymore. Curry's anyway. Curry, Get yeah. some new keyboards. So <laughs> <after pocket. laughs> uh, wait, let's move on. We're going to do SmackDown, then then just talk some hard to kill debuts and stuff, and then we'll talk about Raw. So SmackDown this past Friday, we opened the show with the well with part of the Bloodline with G Jimmy Uso, Solo's Co, and Paul Heyman, and you know. Paul Heyman's trying to have a go at Nick Aldis about the Fatal 4-Way, and then Aldis comes out and basically says, you know, the Royal Rumble match is a done deal, but, you know, the Bloodline, you've been ruining all these matches on SmackDown, you can't ruin the main event because you're going to be in it. It's going to be Elliot Knight, Randy Orton, AJ Styles against Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso, and Roman Reigns. And the crowd are obviously very excited at the prospect of Roman Reigns wrestling on television, uh, but then Heyman reminds Aldis that, you know, Roman's not there, and he says, well, you've got the whole night to find a partner 
Otherwise, it was a three-on-two handicap match. And this kind of gave us a, th- a thread throughout the night of Paul Heyman trying to get various people to join the bloodline. Including Carlito, after yeah. one of the worst runnings I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Carlito! I, mean, just like, I forgot all about him. He's like, oh, yeah, he still works here. Yeah, I forgot. I, I, I genuinely forgot he was back when somebody mentioned his name the other day. Um, I did love when he when Heyman was speaking to Carlito. You know, he comes with an apple, and then Carlito takes the apple and says, "No." And Heyman's like, "The apple's not on, on offer if you don't, if you don't tag with us." You know, like it's, I mean, it was, we've we've given Heyman a bit of, a bit of, a bit of you know flack for not really delivering. But I thought on this show he was actually pretty good. But he did well yeah, here. He was, yeah, I mean, he was very important, wasn't he? To lots of segments, and um, there was an interesting one there where he ran into the Street Profits and uh, Bobby Lashley backstage and um, invited Bobby Lashley to team with Jimmy and Solo in the main event and Bobby said, Bobby Lashley said well the only way I'm going to be in the ring with the bloodline is if I'm on the opposite side of the ring to Roman Reigns Um, so you know that was a no Bobby Lashley wasn't going to team with Solo and Jimmy against LA Knight, AJ Styles and Randy Orton in the main event so, yeah, they showed the footage from uh, after last week's SmackDown where um, Heyman had brought the news to Roman Reigns backstage that he would have to defend the belt um, in a fatal four-way at the Royal Rumble. And Reigns did. He's like, you know, he was there like breathing heavily and just that thing where, you know, his top lip quivers. And then he says, fix this. <laughs> and uh, and like, yes, my tribal chief. Well, Heyman didn't fix it. Uh, as you said, Nicole, this... I confirmed that it was a, a done deal. The match was set in stone. So this fatal four wheel will be going ahead. And Heyman had said, well, you know, I, I, we're not the bad guys. You know, it's Nick Aldis who's the bad guy for booking this match. And then that led to Aldis telling him that, you know, this six-man match is going to take place. If you can find, obviously Roman Reigns wasn't there, if you can find another partner. They couldn't find another partner, which led us to the main event. And they got round that one by having Solo and Jimmy attack Randy Orton as he made his entrance. So in the main event, it was effectively a tag match until Randy Orton came out towards the end, right, Kenny? Yeah, and Randy Orton came out at the end and he ended up tagging in. Him was fuming because he thought obviously they'd kind of they'd taken care of Orton. And of course, in the end, uh, Orton ends up uh, he he ends up doing an RKO on Jimmy and getting the win. Yes. So the baby faces win. And then we get a kind of fight afterwards. And in the end, AJ, Ellie Knight and Randy Orton do a triple powerbomb to solo through the announce table, which is kind of like a cool, you know, bit of a nod to the shield as well, yes. which is... I thought, I thought so. So, yeah, I mean, it was good stuff. It was... I do think, you know, I saw... <clears throat> that, I mean, we can maybe go into this on Thursday. Maybe it's a bigger conversation, but I saw that Roman Reigns, you know, he's not going to be part of Elimination Chamber. He's not going to be part of Backlash. He's not part of Bash in Berlin. And it's like, you know, at this point, it's like if you're if you're never going to be around, then you should not be the champion. So if he if he's kind of done being around, get this belt off of him at WrestleMania. Like, yeah, you know, it, it was fine before because he was around enough. But I mean, at this point, he's make. I mean, if you were to look at how many matches he wrestled last year, and how many matches Brock Lesnar wrestled last year, I bet it's not that far off. Um, oh, no, you're probably not probably right about that. It's um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. So I mean, obviously, he's going to be at the Rumble if he's not going to be Elimination Chamber. That's annoying. To one of my predictions in the well, predictions, one of my uh, proposals, not predictions. My proposals in the next issue has been shot down in flames. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, it's it does. It just sort of makes things less interesting if he's not there, doesn't it? And he's yeah. like, no, you should be there to defend the belt. And it's just like, well, if you're going to defend the belt between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, you know, really, what is the point of you? <laughs> to be honest, it's like, you're the champ, you should be there, you should be on, okay, if it's a real B-show, it doesn't really matter, but Elimination Chamber's at a stadium, you know, in Australia. You know, it's a major show, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like, because it, it, we know for a fact if he's not going to be, if he's not going to be at these big shows, like, he's not going to be on TV a lot. And it's like the the solo Sokoa, Paul Heyman, Jimmy Uso trio are struggling without him. 
yeah. they are not as this is not the bloodline of a year ago or eight months ago you know so and especially I mean I think if he does if he is facing The Rock in some form at Wrestlemania which I think you know we probably do need to at some point soon prepare for then I assume he's back a bit more but you know we'll, we'll see but yeah the, the Roman thing is a bit of a problem but um, elsewhere on Smackdown we did get a segment with uh, Pete Sorry, that's a Freudian slip there. Butch and Tyler Bates. And basically we got an, an uh, a sort of a hint that we might be getting the return of Pete Dunne, right? Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah, they're talking about we need to show them what British Strong Style's all about. Um, I mean, yeah, Ridge has disappeared. I mean, apparently Seamus is going to be returning from injury. Did you read that? Yes, he should be back oh. soon. Yeah, he should be. Maybe he'll return at the Rumble. It would seem... I mean, it would be a good surprise for the Rumble, wouldn't it? Because we haven't yeah. seen him for several months now. I think we've seen him since, was it September? I think it was the Edge match, wasn't it? It was last time we saw him. Yes. September or yeah. was that late August? It's a good while ago anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't make much sense for Seamus to return before the Rumble. And, yeah, I mean, Butch or Pete Dunne and Tyler Bay, I think they can be stars as a team. Um, I don't really like this, you know, this Tyler Bay character you know does yoga and what have you i just don't see how that's going to appeal to a wrestling audience you know it's so okay it distinguishes him from other people on the roster but i don't see that really getting him over in a big way you know how you know okay i'm sure some wrestling fans do do yoga Mm. but i mean it doesn't really strike me as like you know, all of them do, or a large majority do. It's like, you know, I, you're really going to relate to your audience by, pre, you know, being the character that you are. So I'm hoping we're going to see some changes to that character, but, you know, we shall see about that. We did also get a big match with Bianca Belair and Bailey on the show. They got quite a long time, actually. They got about 16 minutes. <clears throat> and then yeah. Bianca, Bianca got the win here. Um, and you've been, obviously, you've been a bit critical of Bianca at points. Did this match do anything for you? I thought they were out there too long. Um, I mean, the biggest thing about it was that at one point, Bailey hurled Belair out of the ring in front of the rest of Damage Control, and then Bailey distracted the referee so Damage Control could like put the boots to Belair at ringside, and none of them did. So it's just like Bailey was like, well, what's going on? You know, this is golden opportunity for you to give me an advantage by, you know, injuring or weakening Bianca Belair at ringside and they didn't do that and then Belair won after a spear and a KOD so this was more about the Bailey damage control storyline I mean really if if Sasha Banks is not returning to WWE then who's going to be because you can see it can't you because if it's Bailey and it's Dakota and it's Sasha then they can face Asuka, Eosky and Kyrie, can't they? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the probabilities is going to be Bianca, Bailey, and Naomi rather than Sasha. But I mean, you know, Sasha obviously is probably who they want as the as the number one pick, but whether she says yes or not, I don't know. But yeah, yeah I mean, they, they need to, I'm assuming, I mean, is that going to be a WrestleMania thing? Is Bailey going to turn before then or are they going to try and keep it going longer? I mean, you know, but we've seen Bailey as a face before. I mean, it probably will be different now because she's had these years as a heel. So as a face, I don't think you should be very different to the heel character. So it's not going to be like the bad old days of 2017, 2018. I just don't see those, you know, that period, you know, ruining things again for Bailey. I just, she's not going to play the, that hugger character. It's just not going to happen, is it? No. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a modern version. It's going to be a, like a modern version of this, of a, a bit modern babyface version of this heel character. So, but you know, it's it's Bel Air and playing that same face that she's been playing forever, and she's not interested in anymore. You know, we've seen her do everything. She's won everything. I don't really see what there's left for Bianca Belair to do as this character. She's yeah. peaked a long time ago. Let's be honest. And like if Naomi's returning as a babyface, we've seen that character as well. You know, I'd much rather see her be, you know, linked to the bloodline and be part of that act. Because I mean, I think that could be interesting. Yes. She's yeah. returning as a babyface. She was a babyface there for how long? Was it t- 2010? I think she came in, didn't she? 
in NXT and then she left in 2022, wasn't it? Yes. So, so yeah. Okay, you know, she's been gone for over 18 months, so it will be a novelty to see her in WWE again, but I think it'll very quickly become familiar because she played that face character for so long. We will keep an eye on it. Um, there's not really much else in SmackDown I wanted to bring up. Was there anything else that piqued your interest on the show before we move on? I should just mention the Carmelo Hayes and Austin Theory injury was on a Spanish fly. I mean, they were having a really good match, and then it seemed like they got a little lost when they were in the vicinity of the turnbuckles. Um, it's like they didn't really know where they were going next. And then they did this Spanish fly. I think they were both really distracted when they did the move. I've never liked that move. I think it looks so fake. And people know I don't like using the F word in connection with pro wrestling. And it's such a fake looking move. And I really hope that one good thing comes from it. I don't think either of them was seriously injured, but they were. No. Referee was concerned enough that the match was stopped, wasn't it, immediately? Yeah, which was the right call. If you think, if you if you get the sense that they're injured, it should be stopped. It's, it's not worth it, so... Absolutely, yeah, it's the right decision by the ref. I was just going to say, I hope something good does come from this injury, and that is that WWE bans this move, because I hate it, and often when people do it, you're really fearful for how they're going to land, and, you know, it never looks... To me, it's just one of those moves where obviously almost every move in pro wrestling requires the cooperation of your opponent to execute it, but with the Spanish flight, it's just so obvious that I just... Suspension of disbelief, Kenny's it's out of the window. Yeah. It's, it's gone, it's disappeared, it's de- destroyed. So just get rid of that move. I don't want to see it again. <clears throat> well, let's uh, let's move on. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the move. So if they were to get rid of it, I would not be sad to see it go. Uh, TNA had hard to kill the hard to kill pay per view this past weekend as well. Um, a couple of things I want to ask you about from it where on the pre show, they did have AJ Francis, the former top dollar come out and he appears to maybe be with the company and Joe Hendry our pal came out and uh, did a music video making fun of him failing in the NFL and failing to dive <laughs> the uh, the cheese it song and then Francis did this I mean the the chokes the height that Joe Hendry went up for that choke slam was insane so high but um AJ Francis chant I mean is he a is he someone you want to see in TNA or is is, there, is he someone that you think could be of value there? Well, I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I do feel sorry for him in WWE and that they had that first run and it just, it seemed like, you know, this was Swerve was still there at the time, wasn't he? And they yeah. were, I thought the Hit Row Act, I liked them in NXT. I thought they were doing really well there. And I thought they could have been a good mid, mid-level um, faction on the main roster. Yeah. And then was it was it B Fab? Someone complained, didn't they? Who was it B- who complained? B-Fab. Pub- I'm sure it was B Fab. Yeah. She complained. This was during the Vince era. And you know, it's like what you're doing, you shouldn't be saying those things. You're not in a position of stability yet in the company where you can get away with being critical of anything about WWE. There will be consequences, and there was. Um, so you know, I felt that was really bad that it played out in the way it did, you know, but predictable because she shouldn't have done what she did. Um, and then they received a second chance. And, yeah, it just, you know, Swerve was a hugely important part of the act, as we've seen in AEW. He's doing well for himself there now. Yeah. And without Swerve, I remember you saying this on a podcast, without Swerve, it's sort of like that was like 70% of their appeal, wasn't it? He yeah. was like the engine just drove that faction and the rest of them were pretty much passengers. You know, he was the one who was very much in the driving seat when it came to hit row. So, you know, none of, I, I felt like they could have done all right, but they didn't. And they, it seemed like when they returned under Triple H, he lost interest pretty quickly. There was the famous incident in the match that Michael Cole kept bringing up the dive. And after that, they were just kind of a bit of a laughing stock. So I hope he can do something in TNA. TNA now, not Impact, TNA. TNA. So I think this is a good role for him to prove that he has something to offer pro wrestling. He hasn't really shown us a whole lot, apart from what he did in NXT, which I thought was decent, but that never translated to the main roster for the reasons that I've just mentioned. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I'm wishing luck there. I mean, I think he's – I'm glad he's persevering. I think he does have a talent and, uh, you know, hopefully – Hopefully you can show it, you know, for, you know, over and maintain some level of momentum in TNA. It's a smaller company, so he should do better there than he did do in WWE. Uh, we also had, <clears throat> I mean, just to say, for my own happiness, they finally took the, the digital media title off of Tommy Dreamer, who has no business being a pro wrestler on a mainstream TV show anymore. I mean, I mean, I see that. You know, like, what does he offer? Who, who tunes in to see Tommy Dreamer? Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I mean, you know, he was just this annoyance back in ECW, back in the day. So it's just like, yeah, just... I mean, you look at someone like... So you, you look at someone like Dustin Rhodes, right? And he was on, I was watching Collision the other day to cover AEW Sondra. And he, you know, he beat Willie Mack in this match. And then he was basically did a segment with Christian Cage and he's going to face him on Dynamite tomorrow for the TNT title. And you look at Dustin Rhodes and you go, I see why he's, I see why they've got him. I see why, like, he, he works hard to keep himself in shape. You know, when he's out there, he tries his best to sort of, you know, not, not he tries to, tries to kind of gain his spot when he's out there. And it's like Tommy Dreamer. I mean, I know he's I know he's lost weight now because they did say in the pay per view that he'd, he's lost forty pounds since November. But they need to lose another two hundred and thirty pounds, and that's the rest of Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> lose him. That's it. That's the exit. Goodbye. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, Dreamer's about my age, maybe about a year younger, and it's just like you've had your run, you've had your time now. Just work backstage and yeah. let these other people have a go. You know, it's their time now. And, you know, your career has been extended far longer than it really should have been. So um, I think that that needs to be it for Tommy Dreamer in front of the camera. We did get the debut of the former Dana Brooke and now known as Ash by Elegance. And she's now in TNA and she's kind of dressed, dressed like an old movie star, kind of like a Tony Storm type thing. And she is she's there. Thoughts? <laughs> that's all I've got you know I thought she I've got to say I thought Dana Brooke she was somebody who did really well in NXT towards the end there I thought she was a valuable uh, part of the roster and she was working with you know the younger women there and I thought she she did have some good matches and um, she really did seem very determined to improve um, and I think she probably does have something to offer TNA in this role I mean, people know who she is. Um, she wasn't like Becky Lynch or Rhea Ripley, but people know who she is because she worked for WWE for a very long time. And I think she's somebody who, who has improved a lot from, you know, two or two years ago. Um, and again, yeah, if she's there to work and there to contribute and there to prove something like the former top dollar, hopefully he is, then yeah, she can she can be uh, you know a valuable part of the crew, valuable part of the team. So I wish her luck as well. I think she was she really did impress me towards the end. I mean, I, I wasn't really a fan of hers for a very long time, but towards the end there in NXT, you could tell that she she really wanted to be there. She wasn't there. She didn't feel like you know it was a demotion, even though it obviously was. And she was taking it as an opportunity to show what she could bring to the table rather than being resentful because she wasn't on the main roster anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully she does well. She's, you know, she she's in a, she's in a, in a smaller pond. So hopefully that'll 
help yeah. her. She's, she's clearly got a character that she's going to have, so we'll see. Um, <clears throat> I also, you know, thought props to Trinity for dropping the belt to Jordan Grace. Yeah. Uh, you know, we expected that one. Everyone knew. Everyone pretty much knew that that was going to be outcome of their match. And uh, yeah, that was that was the right right outcome there. John Grace, uh, typical champ, uh, especially if Trinity Naomi is returning to WWE as we expect later this month at Royal Rumble. So it's actually only a week on Saturday, isn't it, Royal Rumble? Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, yeah, good for her for doing that, and. Um, you know, one thing I actually should mention before we get to the main event, Nick Nemeth, um, I thought the uh, production looked a lot better. They did say they were going to be investing more money in the product and, um, you know, the lighting and the, you know, big screens and everything. And I thought it looked like a much more professional operation than it had done previously. And things like that really do matter, um, you know, to laps fans or floating fans or whatever you want to call them, people who don't ordinarily watch TNA. If they feel like it's a you know bigger, not big budget, or but bigger budget company, I think they're more likely to stick with it. Yeah, and I think the I think it, it bodes well for them the fact that they sold the most tickets. They didn't sell like ten thousand tickets, but they sold more tickets to this than they have for anything in a while. Like one of their highest gates they've had in like a decade almost, or, or a long time anyway. So yeah, good for them. Hopefully it continues. So the main event was Moose winning the TNA World Title from Alex Shelley. And then, of course, afterwards, Nick Nemeth turns up and is across from Moose. And he super kicks him and clotheslines him. And he ends up ripping off his shirt to have a TNA shirt underneath. So he is the, I assume he is the big sign they were talking about. So the crowd seemed to be pretty into him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hit the hit, like the, you know, the zigzag or whatever they're going to call it there. I'll have to come up with a new name for it. But he's, you know, he was there wearing a Motley Crue t-shirt. And I'm just like, you know what, Nick? This is the act. This is the character that you've been playing forever. And people were bored with it in WWE. And yeah, there's going to be the novelty value of you being, you know, a new face in this company with new opponents. But like, if ever there was a guy who needed to change characters and just do something different in terms of his character... Nick Nemeth was the top of the list. He was the guy who should have made a change and done something different, changed his hair, start, I don't know, started wearing a suit. I don't care what he did, so long as it was something different to what he was doing and had been doing for years. So, uh, But you're right, yeah, the audience uh, were really pleased to see him and they uh, ripped off the Motley Crue T-shirt in the crowd. He seemed to be having a little trouble doing that and he was wearing the TNA wrestling T-shirt underneath and fans were chanting TNA and... You know, it was, I thought it was really well done, actually. I mean, Moose has got himself in amazing physical shape. I think it made sense for him to become champion here. I mean, Alex Shelley had had a good run, but it was, to me, time for Moose to be champ again. And I think Moose versus Nick Nemeth, I think that can be a really good programme. Um, you know, hopefully Nick will bring something new to his promos. I imagine he will because they won't be scripted for him. He'll come up with them in TNA. So, yeah, I actually am looking forward to uh, Impact this week to see um, or to witness or to listen to what he has to say. Yeah, and they're going to have Okada on the tapings as well. So, you know, they're they're, they're making moves. And, you know, I mean, I, I said to Sandra yesterday on Patreon, I'll say it here. I, I, you know, yesterday, yesterday I had, got, I had quite a taxing mental day with some family stuff. And I came home and I thought, right, you know what? I'm, I'm podcasting with Sandra tonight. I've watched Dynamite. I'll watch Collision. And it was the most useless two hours I've spent in recent memory. An absolutely pointless wrestling show. It's I mean, re- it's, sometimes it's, it is, isn't it? So that often happens with Collision. Well, it's, it's like wrestling challenge. It's a big name against a name who you don't believe is going to win. And it's commentary trying to spend the whole match trying to make us believe that J.D. Drake's finally going to beat some beat somebody, beat Hangman Page or... Uh, Lee Moriarty is going to be Adam Copeland, and you sit and go, you know, it's just too, and it's just it's just not very interesting. And then you know now if TNA do, in in fact do something interesting, you know there might be some people who go, do you know what? I'll, I'll maybe DVR or tape or record Impact, and I'll watch that instead of Collision because Collision, if even if you're an AEW fan and you, and you watch the AEW pay per view and you watch Dynamite, you don't really need to watch Collision ever. No. no. No, I mean, you know, like last week, Dynamite was under 
800,000 viewers, wasn't it? I know it was like seven, nine, something mm -hmm. or other, but I mean, it was fewer than 800,000 viewers. And Collision, you know, I think it was the last week, was like about 400,000 viewers. Um, the... I'm, surprised, I'm surprised they've got that many for that show because yeah. on a Saturday night as well, you know, Saturday night, there's so much stuff that people want to do in America. You know, you go, go, go to the movies, go to see friends, go to a party, whatever you want to do. I mean, it's just who's spending eight till ten on a Saturday night watching that? Well, very well, about four hundred thousand people. I mean, at most, like half a million, and like it's. I mean, it's just it's all your competition through the TV, isn't it? It's Amazon Prime or Netflix or Disney or Paramount or WWE Network or you know sports or there's so much competition. If you just sat there in the living room in front of your TV, mm. so never mind leaving the house, but. You're right, yeah, Collision, sometimes you watch it and you just think, what did they achieve in those two hours? You're like, almost nothing. Or in some weeks, nothing at all. And you're like, well, why? This is two hours of, like, you know, prime time, national, you know, right, international, international TV. You could do so much more with it than you are. And, um, yeah, it's very frustrating watching Collision. It really, really is. You feel, you feel you're wasting your time. And for Absolutely. us, like we 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 kind of have to keep up with it because if we don't, then we don't really know what we're talking about, you know. So it's an annoyance that we kind of have to keep keep up with it a bit because it's useless. So with Impact, you know, with with TNA, sorry, with the TNA Impact show, they they they've got a chance at the moment to I think to get some viewers, maybe not maybe not double their audience, but I think there's there's scope to get people if, if they get people talking. So we'll see if they Definitely. do. Definitely, absolutely. It's all about making it interesting. I think the production values are a big part of its appeal. I mean, there's you know there's a lot going on in TNA right now, and um, you know I hope people will give it a chance and um, you know maybe check it out again and um, and if it, if you think it's worth worth it what what worth watching which it is, then um, you know watch that instead of collision <laughs> or whatever promotions that not float in your boat anymore. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's move on to Raw before we go. So we opened the show with Cody Rhodes coming out to do a promo. He gets interrupted by Drew McIntyre. So they can have this back and forth. They reminisce about being a tag team together, being the tag champs. They even referenced the last match they had together, which was actually in WCPW, and I was there. April 30th, 2017 in Coventry. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was there. I was. That was my last day at WCPW. Oh, in Coventry. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was... Not because of that match, but um, for various other reasons. So, yeah, I, I, it's interesting. I'm, what a I, coincidence that is, isn't it? I know. If I ever write a book, some of the stuff I could... I could uh, I'd, I'd do something backstage that day for Drew because something had been agreed upon that wasn't delivered and I basically kind of told him I was going to have to go and kick up a fuss for him and, and I got it fixed and I think that was kind of what... What what uh, what what made made him appreciate me because I you know he was just about to go back to WWE and he he needed to be taken care of at the point and he wasn't right. being so um but I mean that that match was the last one he had um with Cody so they, they referenced that and you know the whole story is they both want to go to WrestleMania and finish their story I thought this is a pretty compelling segment to be honest and you know this year's WrestleMania so many people who should be in featured matches and obviously Cody's top of that list and I mean with Drew it's like every week when he does a promo I think have you re-signed now because it feels <laughs> like you have because I just can't see why they would keep giving you all this time and putting you over so much if you've not so I don't know if we're I don't know what's going on behind the scenes but I really enjoyed the segment what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, Drew was allowed to bring up that he'd uh, basically humbled CM Punk on the mic last week I was like, wow, you know, and if that happened in AEW, there'd probably been another bust up. You know, someone would have been sent home for six months. Um, but he did. He brought that up. And we talked about this last week that, you know, Drew definitely got the better of Punk in that segment, in that verbal showdown they had last week on Raw. And uh, McIntyre was allowed to bring it up here, which I was kind of astounded by, really. And I I'm pleased that he did. Um so, I mean, he said to Cody, you know, why, you know, it sounded like you swallowed a dictionary, stop using all these lengthy words and trying to pretend 
that you're someone you're not. Stop smiling and wearing the suits. Come on, show us the real Cody. And he was like, well, this is the real Cody. And Cody said to Drew that, you know, he was bitter. Um, you know, they also mentioned, of course, that they followed similar paths because Drew had been fired in 2014 and went on to the indie circuit, uh, reinvented himself between 2014 and 2017 before he then returned to WWE. And obviously Cody left of his own volition in 2016, wasn't it, when Cody left? That's right, I think, 2016? I think yeah, he left, yeah, he left in 2016 when uh, they didn't really want to... You know, they, they, they didn't see him as more than Stardust. Stardust, wasn't he, at that point? He was going nowhere. Yeah, and he'd, he'd famously wanted to go back to being Cody after Dusty died. He wanted to go back after that, and it just wasn't happening, so he, he, he left. Yeah, so he left and did his thing on the indie circuit and was hugely around, um, you know, his big indie show, and then that led to the creation of AEW, and he was there from the beginning with them for three years. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it was an interesting segment, really. There was they were weaving a lot of mostly actually fact with maybe a little bit of fiction in there, but mostly what they said was true. And I think yeah. people could relate to that and people probably realised that what they were saying was was all correct. And it was interesting that they brought up the, that last match that Drew had had on the independent circuit before he rejoined WWE. Um, and um, so that was mentioned. And then Cody's mic drop moment was who won that match drew you know you bring the match up but you didn't say who won and then cody left and drew was there seeding oh you know so cody actually had the last laugh in the segment didn't he yes he yeah he he had the last laugh in the end and it was, it was a really good open segment and it's yeah i'm very into all the stuff that's going on right now we also had you know <clears throat> our truth really i mean he's so funny He's got he's got Judgment Day merchandise that he's selling out in the parking lot. WWE are now selling a Tom and Nick Mysterio T-shirt with two photos of Dom on it. <laughs> um, you know, Priest confronts him backstage, and he sort of is trying to give Priest his cut of the cash for the T-shirts. And he's like, "Okay, keep doing it, but don't don't be loud about it." And uh, <laughs> very funny. Um, it was the fakest looking money I've ever seen. It, yeah, it was. And then it led to the, the match later with The Miz and Archers against the tag champs. We got yeah. the match and it was a non-title match and the, the champs retained in the end. Um, Obviously, the the crowd were, were very unhappy that, that Archers was not successful here. But, I mean, he, he continues to be one of the highlights of the show. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in some ways, I was like, because I think we were talking about it last week. I was like, wow, you know, I was like, don't make them champs. It's like, no, I'm now on board, you know, with Miz and Truth. Make them champs, even if it's only briefly. And um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a title match. It was a non-title match. And it was like a comedy match here. And, um, you know, Damien Priest had said earlier when they were having a conversation backstage regarding the merch he was like don't tag into the match and like our truth thought he knew what he meant but didn't actually didn't actually know what he meant and then priest ended up in the match priest ended up nailing truth with the uh south of heaven south of heaven choke slam and Balor scored the pin didn't he yeah. so i'm interested to see what truth says next week on raw because he obviously was beaten up by priest and pinned by Balor. so even in you know, he's all he's confused state. He has to realize that that's some type of declaration of war here and that Judgment Day really aren't his pals. Yeah, I mean it's 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 so good. It's and, and I mean I think there's scope for it to keep going and see kind of where it ends up. So um we also I was pretty impressed in the show. We had a match with DIY against Dominic Mysterio and JD McDonough, and I thought that this was a good showing for DIY. They kind of felt a little bit more like the old DIY here than they really have so far, I think, as a team on the main roster. Yeah, it felt like they were given more creative control over what they could do in the match. There was some actual genuine old school heel tricks here, uh, like the referee Miss Champa's tag, and uh, fans were really booing that. And there was a lot of, you know, really simple stuff here. And because people don't really do that so much anymore, at least not on national promotions, it works so well and will always work. Because, yeah. you know, this is what used to do back in the 70s and 80s when I first started watching wrestling. You know, referee, what are you doing? Pay attention, mm -hmm. all that kind of, kind of thing. 
And um, yeah, it felt like Gargano and Champa here were really seemed like they were on fire and like they were really working together well rather than as two singles wrestlers who had been put together for one match. They seemed like a team here. Um, and, you know, the idea, of course, was that Gargano and Champa would score the pin and that will lead them to a title match with Balor and Priest. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to take place at Rumble. Nothing's been announced yet, has it? I don't know. Probably won't take place at Rumble. Probably be a TV match. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, you know, McDonough and Mysterio play a very important role as kind of like the Judgment Day's enhancement talent, don't they? Yeah. And it's, it's, they're, you're right, though. They are, they are a key part of it because they're kind of the guys who can take the losses for the team. Yeah. And <clears throat> because before, if this was like under Vince, Balor would probably be taking some losses. Because they might not have let JD go in the group. In fact, under Vince, I don't think they would have let him in the group. I think this is more, you know, Triple H dealt with NXT UK. He knows McDonough. And, you know, props to him for seeing a role that we did not see for him. We we didn't see it. And he's doing really well, McDonough. So props to him for, yeah. for, for, for keeping up. Absolutely. I mean, he's having mic time. He's in like, he was in this match and they had a really good match here. Um, you know, McDonough and Mysterio are really good as a team. I, I really hope they become tag champs. You know, whoever beats Balor and Priest, you know, okay, that was a big match when that happens, and hopefully that they'll, they'll drop the belts. Maybe WrestleMania. I think yeah. that would be uh, the perfect place for Balor and Priest to drop the belts, and then they can do some sort of if they're doing a split, they can do something big on on Raw the next night or two nights later. And I'd like to see you know McDonough and Mysterio become tag champs at some point this year. I think they yeah. could do well with belts. And I think that would be, I think I've already said this, I think that would be, you know, they'd be very deserving. That would be a, you know, just reward for the good work that they've been that they have been doing lately, preparing people for Bala and Priest. Uh elsewhere on the show we had well, very quickly, we did have a new we got an Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae, who obviously had been on the same team anyway. They're they're now basically being pushed as a team. They got a yeah. one over Chelsea Green Piper Nevin here. They got a little kind of uh, you know, package on them as well, footage from earlier in the day. So they seem to be adding them as a team in, and you know, it gives them something to do. So we'll, we'll see if yeah. it comes yeah, but to the, anything. The, but the match was a disaster. I mean, it, you know, it was yeah. just terrible. It just looked awful. And then after. And it was only three minutes as well. It was I mean, so bad. It's just so bad. Chelsea versus Indy. It, it looked like they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Like they hadn't even been trained. And then after the match, Hartwell just fell over in the ring. <laughs> I mean, what was going on there, Kenny? Maybe she was pissed, you know. <laughs> Maybe she had a couple of cocktails before she went out. Um, I mean, what I also thought was odd was Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae have heel music. That's do. not a baby face entrance tune. That's a heel entrance tune. Yeah, they need to fix that. Um, speaking of heels, we got the return of Gunther on the show. He came out with you know Ludwig by his side, and uh, you know he he's talked about Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, and uh, he said last year you know he lasted longer in the Rumble than anyone else, so this year he's going to win it. And then he said that you know uh, Giovanni Giovanni Vinci's injured now, and uh, Kaiser got some revenge by injuring Kofi. So then Xavier Woods comes out, and that leads us to Woods versus Kaiser. Which Kaiser wins, um, and then afterwards um, we had. Uh, we Wood. Woods was Woods was disqualified for nailing Kaiser with a swivel chair. Yes, he was disqualified, so that allowed uh, Woods to kind of go after Kaiser. <laughs> but then Kaiser ended up getting the upper hand, and uh, he ended up uh, putting the ring steps over Xavier, and he tried to go and hit him with it, but Woods uh, got away. Had a standing double stomp, and then picked up the ring steps through them at Kaiser, who missed it. Um, and then he kind of hopped the barricade and left. So, I mean, this is a serious moment for Xavier Woods, which we rarely get. And I think if the New Day are going to continue, Woods and Kofi, they need a makeover. I mean, stale is not the word for that act. And, I mean, here it was nice to see. It was, seeing Xavier do something a bit more serious was nice because we're so used to the, the kind of buffoon that he is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Ludwig Kaiser, as we said last week, got you know, provoked genuine heat when he beat down Kofi. I mean, people were mm-hmm. really angry about that. It wasn't like, ha, 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 isn't this hilarious? It was like, no, we're really mad because that guy's beating up our favourite. 
you yeah. know, and that's you know, and that's quite a trick because you said Kofi, even though you know he's still talented and can still go, still knows what to do. He's been playing this character for so long that he's like the wallpaper, isn't he? He's you know, he's like the ring <laughs> canvas. He's like you know, and you're right. I mean, Xavier Woods here was serious, and um, he was allowed you know, to salvage some dignity here by running Kaiser off as well. He should have done because obviously Kaiser, you know, injured in the storyline, his tag team partner the previous week. So I thought that was well done. I liked as well backstage. Um, Kaiser attacked Woods backstage and then it was Jay who saved Woods from uh, the post-match attack. And I'm hoping that's going to lead to a Gunter versus Jay IC title match because Jay had mentioned in that, an interview that I covered in the last issue of the magazine yeah. that he aspired to hold the Intercontinental title one day. So I think that could be a really good program for Gunter and for Jay, actually. Yeah. So yeah, and I think it'd be a yeah, a good it'd be a good program and it gives Gunter something to do before inevitably Brock Lesnar, who is due to return, sets up that match with Gunter at WrestleMania that we want. So yeah. we can... do we think that Lesnar's returning at Raw Rumble? Yes, I would imagine so. Okay. I mean, imagine, yeah, he's due to return at any time now. Is the is the story? So yeah, I mean, I, I'd imagine you, and whatever he's going to do at Mania, you set it up at the Rumble because he's probably not going to Australia <laughs> for Elimination Chamber. So <laughs> uh, no, he's um, not in Australia. We know that. No, they're not paying for the fuel for his private jet to go to Australia. Yeah, he'll um, go to Saudi because oh, it's yeah. a, it's, a, it's seven figures, but it's yeah. Maybe- Quite as much money for working in Australia. Uh, we also got a segment with <clears throat> Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch, and because Rhea had come out and <clears throat> said that you know she's sick and tired of people like Nia Jax running her down, running down the division, saying this is my title, and Becky comes out, and it was kind of an interesting promo because Becky's kind of talking about how you know uh, I need to prove that I'm the best and you're not, and I need to take that title from you, so I'm gonna. I need to win the Royal Rumble. I need to, you know, go to WrestleMania. But it almost seemed that Rhea Ripley was more confident that Becky Lynch was going to face her at WrestleMania than Becky was. Yeah. And it feels like we're kind of telling this story of, I guess, Becky, after losing to Nia, she's lost a bit of her confidence. And that's yeah, the yeah, story. Yeah. yeah, she showed some vulnerability here, which was an interesting twist for Becky Lynch, who normally comes across as, like, bulletproof, doesn't she? Mrs. Like, Bravado. No, yeah, no, yeah, no one can wound her emotionally. And yeah, it's as if she was, you know, after the loss to Naya, it's like, you know, and she was saying that she she believes that she and Rhea Ripley are the best in the biz, are the best to do it, you know, but she said that she was afraid that Rhea Ripley was actually better than her and needed to win the Royal Rumble match so she could face Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania to prove that she was better than Rhea. And Rhea said, you know, there's only one person, you know, that uh, that once you, what was, what, was the, what was the exact wording? Obviously, Becky is the one who wants to win the Rumble most, but the person who wants to win it the second most is Rhea. So Rhea wants Becky to win the Royal Rumble as well so yeah. that we have that WrestleMania match. They, you know, they both want... Becky to win the Rumble. And as she, just before she left, Rhea said to Lynch, I'll see you at WrestleMania. So that was a bit odd for WWE because it's like they were telegraphing the outcome of the rest yeah. of the of the women's Royal Rumble match. Like, see, well, obviously Lynch is going to win so that Lynch versus Ripley takes place at WrestleMania, which is a match that we've been talking about for months. I mean, yes. it seems fairly obvious that it's going to be a WrestleMania match, but it was... It's unusual for WWE to make it that obvious more than two months before the show. Yeah, it was an odd, odd choice. But I mean, it seems like they have a plan, they've got a story they're telling, and at least it's more interesting than just the usual run-of-the-mill paint-by-numbers build. So at least yeah. there, at least there's something. Uh, but it was all about Finn, the main event. It was all about Seth Rollins and Jinder Mahal. For the World Heavyweight title, and they gave us all the smoke and mirrors here. They gave us a near fall where Seth got hit with a briefcase, and for a second, it seemed like Jinder was going to do it again. <laughs> but luckily, he was not able to. Um, Priest showed up with the briefcase, which caused uh, 
and then Drew McIntyre showed up and they started fighting. That caused uh, uh, Veer to distract the referee. And then we got the the, the briefcase shot. Um, but so Seth was in the shower at ringside, weren't they? They were involved. Oh, they were involved the whole time. They, they were up on the apron. They were doing everything they could. That, the two close near falls came from Ender's share getting up on the apron and kind of getting involved. And then in the end, Rollins was able to... Because uh, the referee ejected Ender's share. And then Mahal went for his finisher again. And Rollins rolled out of it, hit the stomp and pinned Jinder. But when Rollins did the moonsault a few, months, a few minutes before the end, he did seem to tweak his knee. Yes, and he seems to have injured himself. So I, the 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 chat at the moment is that nobody knows if it's minor or major. He's going for an MRI this week, and it could be nothing. It could be something. You know, I hope for him it's nothing because you know this is his first real shot of main event in WrestleMania, which I know he's not done, and he wants to do. Yeah, uh, so it'd be, it'd be kind of heartbreaking for him for this to stop that. But hopefully, it'll just be minor. But what did you make of the main event and how they booked it? I think I don't think it's going to be a serious injury because he was able to do a lot after the spot yeah. um, on which he suffered. He was grabbing his knee and it almost felt like a storyline knee injury, didn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. he was there milking it, wasn't he? He was letting yeah. us know that he was injured. And if this was like ACL tear, he wouldn't have been able to stand up. Yeah. He, he, you know, if, that, if it's something that's just relatively minor. He'll be put on light duties between, you know, now and April because that WrestleMania match, he wants that too badly. We know CM Punk Punk wants that match as well. We know WWE wants that match. So unless it's like full reconstructive surgery, I'm confident that Seth Rollins will be a big part of WrestleMania. Um, But yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, they just threw everything out of this. They knew that Rollins and Mahal needed... A lot of help out there. I thought they actually did well, you know, with all these sort of false finishes and all these extras. And, um, you know, we all, we knew, didn't we? Obviously, we knew that Rollins was going to win. But they had us going there for a couple of times. And I think that's all you could realistically ask for from a match between, you know, two characters, you know, who are, you know, so far apart. You know, one's the very top of the star you know, chat or the star, mm-hmm. you know, and the other ones at the very bottom. So it's, um, I thought they did well considering who was in the match. I mean, it's kind of outrageous, really. I mean, I agree with Tony Khan. It's outrageous that Jinder Mahal received a title match on Raw. This is a disgrace. I'm <laughs> but no, I, th- I thought they, they made the best of what they had. And, um, you know, they used everything that was at their disposal, all the tools at their disposal to make this thing a success. And I think it was in terms of, you know, as far as TV matches go. I mean, people aren't going to be talking about it probably three months from now or maybe even three hours from now, Kenny. But I think it did keep the people entertained and it did what it was supposed to do. And yes, let's let's just hope that the Rollins is not sidelined for nine months as a result of it. Yeah, don't think it'd be worth it. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, overall, given that gender, there's absolutely no chance you'd ever believe that he would be, you know, win the title. I thought they did a really good job of giving you some false finishes to worry you a little bit. Yeah. And they stacked the deck against Rollins enough within this share that it was believable that gender was able to get as far as he did. And, you know, I mean, it's a TV match. I mean... It is not worth... If you're somebody who's really offended that Jinder Mahal is in this position, then it was a TV match and yeah. it's over. There's nothing to get worried about. Just go out, go outside and you know smell some grass. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Yeah. Don't worry. But we are not advocating smoking some grass. Just go out there and just smell <laughs> the fresh air. Yeah, smell, smell the fresh air. We're not, we're, not, we're not insinuating anything. Um but listen, that's all the time we've got for now. We'll be back on Thursday with Power Slam, where we'll talk about the, the latest happenings in wrestling that are outside of the ring. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, I mean, lots of stuff going on. We're only on the second week, the third week of January now. And there's already been loads happened. So it feels like 2024 is going to keep us on our toes, Finn, as always. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's As you said earlier, there's so many people vying for big matches at WrestleMania. And if you think a lot of WrestleManias in the past where you thought, oh no, you know, it just feels like it's almost bereft of stars. Mm-hmm. This year, there's almost too many. 
And like anyone who thinks, oh, WrestleMania should go back to one night. Well, okay, if it was, if that were to happen, you know, can you imagine how many people wouldn't be on the show? I know, I know. It doesn't bear thinking about it. the the two the two night thing. I think it works pretty well. And look, you know, if you're a fan, if you're a fan, you've basically got wrestling for a whole weekend. So, absolutely. Um, listen, a few quick plugs before we go. Power Slam, the the first yearbook, nineteen ninety four, is available. We've got limited quantities left, so please do go to powerslammagazine.com and pick yours up. Um, there are still a, a fair few available, but you know, this time next year there probably won't be. So I would make sure that you go and pick one up while you can at powerslammagazine.com and then also inside the ropesmagazine.com is where you can go and pre-order issue 41 with The Rock on the cover. Loads of stuff in there. Finn kind of goes through The, the Rock's return. I interview Eddie Kingston. Finn does the Alternative Year Awards. There's loads of stuff in there, so do go check that out as well. And finally, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes is where we do bonus podcasts. Uh, an overrun where we do other questions or look at all the issues of Power Slam. Sandra and I do retro reviews of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, there's loads of stuff, and we'll be next week. We'll be reviewing probably the 2004 Royal Rumble. So indeed, indeed, and we're going to later this month, Kenny. We're going to review the famous Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair cage match from World yeah. Class, December 25th, 1982. There you go. We'll be doing that as well month so uh plenty of stuff going up on patreon very soon as well kenny yes and cuny as well so yeah head over there if you want to uh, get a bit more content from us or do you just want to support the stuff that we do so uh, thank you for all your support as always and we'll talk to you soon